guest today is an expert curly hair sorceress with glowing golden curls of her own who happens to be my actual hairdresser. You can follow her work and her journey on Instagram at Portland Curl Room and at Transgender Agenda. My guest is Chandler Elizabeth Adam. I'm Aiden Nepom, and this is The Changed Podcast. Thank you for being on the Changed Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited that you're here. Um, your curls are on point today. Thank you. I literally just blow dried them, just diffused them moments ago. <laughs> I've got mine in a sassy up too. I, I have to be honest that talking to you because I've been doing pandemic trimming of my own hair instead of making appointments with you during this whole time. Um I I felt pressure. I really wanted my curls to look nice for you. So I'm just going to confess my, my curl <laughs> no, feelings. No pressure. Your curls always look good. And also I feel like you like out of all there, I have, you know, many different types of clients and you are very aware of what your hair needs when we're cutting it. Like you, you know, like you are really good at describing, like I need this off here. And so if you've just been doing that at home, no harm, no foul. I mean, it's the pandemic. You got to do it. I think I've been doing a decent job on the front, but when I finally get in to see you, I think we're going to find out how I've done on the back. It's okay if there's a little rat tail. It's fun. It gives us like (laughs) some, you know, nice little chains to take off. Um, And also I always, uh, you know, nothing against the the clients in my life or the people in my life who have very short haircuts and and have very high maintenance cuts. But I, I did have a rule kind of last year during, um, during the shutdown that if someone asked me for a haircut, I would just kind of politely tell them that if their hair was shorter than mine, I wasn't going to cut it until I was like allowed to go back to work. Um, (laughs) And then when I finally was able to go back to work, I was like, all right, let's get it short again. (laughs) Why is that? Is it because the, uh, tell me what, why was that? Short hair typically needs to be cut more often, essentially. And I know that when I got my hair, when I had short hair, I would cut it like every three to four weeks. And it kind of felt like the end of the world if I missed, you know, like one, if I had to go an extra week or an extra two weeks. So I think for the people who had gone three months at that point, and maybe if they had already been like at the end of their cycle, like they were already past due, it's almost more of like at that point, it's it's less about the hair and more about just needing to get back into your routine. And so I think people were, you know, like they would come up to me, um, like for instance the neighbors of the salon when they would see us out having our meetings outside and they'd be like do you want to do a haircut really quick and we'd be like no we don't want to do a haircut really quick um but there was you know a lot of people doing home haircuts during that time and people doing backyard haircuts during that time and just like watching watching everyone adapt um and try and figure out how to how to work and how to do those things that like we really rely on each other as a community for it was very eye-opening like it made me feel very needed as a as a stylist mm-hmm. when I came back I was like oh wow this is like um I didn't realize that people would treat this like more important than a dentist <laughs> yeah seriously well I'm going to resist spending our entire interview today talking about hair and curly hair I, because you have agreed to do a live 
um, question and answer with me about curly hair because I get asked questions um, everywhere I go. I get asked about my hair, which is um, wonderful, and I hope it never stops. It makes me feel good every time it happens. But I thought, you know, like this podcast is very centered on one idea, um, but we don't have to be so serious all the time. I think we can have some fun. So we're going to do a live, just you and me. We'll talk about curly hair um, and that'll happen on July 1st. So um, I'll make sure to post links to all of that. But uh, so I'm going to resist talking about hair, except to ask you this one question, (laughs) which is, um, what do you think the relationship is between hair and change because there is a clear relationship there but i feel like my observation of it as a as a customer is going to be different than your observation of it as a practitioner yeah wow that's a cool question um okay well i think people have a everyone has a very different relationship with their hair because everyone has a lot of different experiences with it um it's also like ever-changing it's really and it kind of is inconsistent for a lot of people um and so people have like a lot of either ill will towards it or if they have a great relationship to it they have a lot of attachment to it and i think people hold grief in it um Mm. and you hold it this is like a a deep thing i can't prove it but i'm like (laughs) you hold what people say to you about it in it like so um I remember when I was growing my hair out, I was working as a caregiver and I was taking my client to like a great place to get a haircut. And some woman, when I walked in said, um, at the time, at the time I was using he, him pronouns or they, them pronouns. And she had said, um, to my client, is he getting a haircut? And, um, my client said no. And she's like, well, he needs one. (laughs) And I was sort of like, okay, I just at that point had paid like $75 to get the ends trimmed. <laughs> you know, I was like, I had a fresh haircut. It looked good. It doesn't look long. Um, and I ended up telling her, I was like, that was very rude. You need to apologize. I was like grateful to have like stood up to her and said like, that's mm-hmm. unacceptable. Um, but I felt like after that, I kind of like didn't want to get a haircut for a long time. <laughs> and when I finally did again, I was like, oh, you were holding on to her for a little bit. Like, let it go. Who cares? You held on to that, those like dead ends for an extra four months or an extra five months because of some resentment that someone said to you. And so I think that um, in the opposite end, when someone says something good to you, when someone's mm-hmm. like, oh, your hair, I love it. You can't get rid of it. So you're like, oh, no, people won't like me or people won't call me beautiful as often or i won't get stopped on the street which like it's not true because when you have short hair they'll do it too they'll be like oh my god your hair's so cool how do you do you know it's like it doesn't matter they're gonna do it because it's your it's your defining feature and people notice and it's you know it's lovely but um people you know sometimes you can see it coming off and you can see someone coming to life you know, and feel them being like, oh my goodness, this is a proper change. Mm. And then you can also see sometimes people doing, you know, like the opposite. And it's not, you know, like you might be doing exactly what they've asked for, but they're just recognizing like, oh, I'm already missing it. Oh, okay. Again, you know, like I'm ready to have it long again, as soon as it's off. So um, I think it's all about people's individual experiences with it. And it can be either liberating or it can be um, terrifying or it can be both. When somebody comes in asking for a drastic hair change, 
Do you immediately assume something's happening in their life or do you just, you're like, we'll just talk about hair and I'm going to stay in my corner. Um, well, I almost always just let them got like start with it. And some people, cause some people are just very silent and, mm. you know, and, and just aren't, you know, are, are more there for, for the service. And then some people are like, part of the service for them is the, is the talk. <laughs> they're like, they're, they want to <laughs> do that more than they want to get their haircut kind of thing. <laughs> um, so those types of people, when they come in and they want a big change, I'm like, what's going on? Are you sure this is, you know, the last time we changed it, it took a very long time to grow out. And you kind of complained about it the entire time, even though it was what you asked for. Like, are, are we certain that we want to give you things or do you need to just talk? As some, as something that I've observed just in my own um, life and living and choices around haircuts is typically I'll have a craving for a big hair change before I make a big life change. And I won't necessarily know that I'm about to make that big life change. Um, mm-hmm. Like I, like I had this uh, strong need to cut my hair short when I um, ended my first marriage. <laughs> um, and it was this, but I didn't, I didn't really know exactly which was about to happen. It just was uh, this strong craving. And I think it was this subconscious need to have a big, to, to make the bigger choice. Um, and that it showed up in my hair. Same thing like in college, <laughs> right before I changed my major, I dyed my hair bright red. And so I think there's this, there's this relationship um, that shows up just in how we, I'm extrapolating my experience out to literally everybody, which is a very unfair thing to do. But I think that there's something there, there that like we, you know, a lot of times you hear stories of um, women giving birth and then they cut their um, pregnancy hair off um, when baby comes. And so there's also that like, there's a change that happens and then there's a hair change that happens. But um, for me, it's always, not always, but a lot of the times it's been the opposite. I think that that's really cool. Like it's like a little um, a telekinesis, a, a, a sixth sense, if you will, that your hair can. It's like it'll. It's like okay, I'm ready to change before you know, so that I can come into this new life change looking looking glam and ready for it. Oh my god! You know what I just realized? In what? Feb in February of 2020 was my last haircut with you, and we did go pretty short. We went with a big change. Like a big change, didn't we bring we brought the layers up like really short. I like remember Like really that. yeah, like I went from having long hair uh-huh. to having a, a curly bob, a bouncy curly yeah. bob. Yeah. <laughs> and then the world shut down. So yeah. who's a psychic now? <laughs> yeah, no, your hair, that's good. You could <laughs> I wonder if it can tell other people's future or not too. <laughs> well, I said I wasn't gonna spend all of our time on hair, but I do think there's just so much there there. Um so much hair there. <laughs> what what's your personal relationship with with the word change? When you hear the word change, what are the first thoughts that show up for you? I really like change. I'm I almost feel like I'm a little addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Um like I think so growing up I moved a lot. Um so I, I there was a lot of change that I didn't have any control of. And then as an adult, I found that like, I preferred it. Like if I didn't have it, I felt very stagnant. Um, now I also 
and trying to like, you know, just like settle into like letting things change around me and, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, letting things change as they are and recognizing I don't really have much control over them. So I can pick up and move somewhere, but like, there's still going to be some change that I'm not going to have any control over that's going to have to happen. And that's uh, like scary and fun at the same time. So in the past, you've had this sort of like craving for variety, so to speak. And now you're having more of a craving for stability. Is that what I'm hearing from you? I I think I used to be a Jane of all trades and now I'm like specializing, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like I, I literally like, I go to work a few days a week. I do this specific thing at my job and I am like very much, I mean, I still in my activities outside of work, like I still am very crafty and always trying something new and always, you know, kind of like pulling something out of the hat that I haven't done in a while just because I do find that stimulation fun. But I realized that like, having stability to do that inside is really nice it's just having like the same apartment for almost two and a half years it's like wow i've never lived in the same apartment alone at least for that long like um creating my own little my own little ecosystem i love that um well i've invited you here to share a story um, that represents a fork in the road in your own life, a, a more profound change, as it were. And before we tell that story, um, I would love it if your game to play a game that I have been playing this season with my guests. Okay. It's called... I'm game. I'm excited. <laughs> Are you excited? Okay. The yeah. game is called Aiden asks you a bunch of questions and you answer them as quickly as possible. Okay. Are you ready? Rapid fire. All right. Here we go. Um, what's your favorite snack? Cashews. What was your favorite snack two years ago? Uh, beef jerky. <laughs> um, um, what is a a change that you've made in your habits in the last few years that you feel really proud of? I'm doing the year of no alcohol. I'm like six months into not drinking. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Um, yeah. have you, uh, what have you, what's the, the number one thing you've noticed as the result of shifting that? My skin. Ooh. Um, if you had to choose between... One amazingly comfortable, favorite, exciting outfit every day for the rest of your life, but you never get to change it. Or a new and exciting uh, outfit every single day, but you never get to wear the same outfit twice. Which do you choose? New and exciting. Never same twice. That is that is the definition of fast fashion, isn't it? Um, <laughs> What is uh, what is the craziest haircut you've ever given? Um, a tie between like a real, real, real '80s mullet, very curly, and just straight up shaved on the sides, and no, like no, completely disconnected, very short bangs, um, with a pretty decent beard. And then I I had a, a client also ask me once to give her like. A, a side head shave and it was like I, I 
you know, I started small and then we got a little bigger and we got a little bigger and eventually it was just like, well, you just do half of it like right here. So we just did it and we've grown it back since. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, read any good books lately? Um, yes. There is a book called, well, I listened to it, but yeah, it was, it's called I'm, a, I'm Afraid of Men by Vivek Shreya. Um, she's a, a Canadian author and songwriter and she's trans and she also didn't transition until like much later in her life uh, and is very like non-binary presenting, which I am, I adore. And so, yeah, her story was like very different than mine, but also very similar to mine. And it was, I think like a, a two hour listen. It was only six chapters or seven chapters. So I'd recommend it to anyone. Awesome. Thank you for playing. Aiden asks you a bunch of questions. I think I can always be a little bit less long winded. (laughs) I think they're, yeah, I think they're really fun questions because I feel like um, the nature of having to answer a question quickly brings, almost brings different answers up than you might otherwise answer like even that snack question i feel like people want to tell you a whole story about their nutritional philosophy but like it there's a story i get to tell myself now just hearing that now it's cashews and it used to be beef jerky it's like now i get to like (laughs) fill in the blanks with a colorful movie for myself so there's something there's something cool about short answers um but likewise there's a lot of value to long stories because they present a a movie in and of itself. And so um, in the spirit of that, Chandler, will you tell us a story from your real life of a moment for you when things changed? I will. Okay. So I'm going to start it in October of 2020 this year. So it's really, it'll start kind of relatively, you know, recent and there was some stuff that led up to it and there was some stuff after, but the, the moment, um, was during the middle of the pandemic was was quite you know like scary at that time my mother is an icu nurse in north dakota um and my father passed away from covid in uh, april of 2020 and i spent essentially like those kind of six months in between in pretty pretty extreme isolation um and i finally decided that i was going to go see my mom for my birthday that year for my 28th birthday and i so i you know i I flew to to north dakota in in the middle of the pandemic and i kept you know so good to see my mom but i kept crying all that like i i couldn't stop um just like I couldn't hold in, you know, what I was trying to say. And she asked me where we were laying on the couch together and she asked me, you know, like, what's wrong? And I said, I feel like I'm like, I'm hiding something from you. Like I'm holding something from you and I don't, you know, and I don't want to. And she said, you know, like, well, (laughs) she's very much like, I know what's going on. Um, She's like, well, you know, what is it? What do you, what do you feel like? And so I said, well, there's two, things one of them is that i feel like i maybe have a drinking problem um and then the other is that i i think i need to to start hormones and i'm you know afraid about 
about really saying that out loud because then it's going to be happening and it's going to be real. Um, and all of this was, it was also like dramatically, I started crying because we were listening to like a James Blunt song together. And like, we used to do that growing up all the time, which is very corny. Um, but she was playing like his new music. And I was like, I don't know what it was. It wasn't related to anything we were talking about, but it just was like, I, it just made me very emotional. And so I, um, she just, she, her response was, I think that you should do it. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was like, why am I, why have I been torturing myself? Like, I, I mean, I think to both things, she was like, I think I knew that she thought I should stop drinking because she's sober. Um, and, and, you know, recognized that it's beneficial. But with the transitioning thing, I thought that she would have just said, you know, like, if you're not certain, let's not make any changes in life that are um, not able to be taken back. Um, and that's how I felt at the time. And then instead hearing from her that it was like kind of just like that little piece in the puzzle that I, it was going to happen regardless. That was what I was telling her was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of, I was like apologizing to her and she was like, Oh no, 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 this isn't a bad thing. This is good. Like let it out, you know, kind of, re you know, relieve that release, that stress or that burden. Um, and then like two weeks later, I started hormones. I mean, I, I remember calling the doctor as soon as I got home and start and making my, my appointment. And then I talked to the doctor and my doctor was actually on pregnancy leave. And so I, I had a new doctor and I just kind of introduced myself to him that way, like right away. And it was, he put it in my chart and like, I read my, you know, the, the meeting, I read about our thing and stuff. And it just was like the first time I'd ever seen or read all of my pronouns written as like, this is the transgender woman. She is experiencing this. This is what we've prescribed her. It was very like, it felt, it, it felt like a disconnect at that point still. Um, and then, yeah, like head over heels. It, started, it was like the fork, in that, that was the fork in the road, I guess. And it yeah, had one way or the other. I was either going to end up being kind of like a bald man or, <laughs> um, or I was going to end up turning into the lovely lady that I've gotten to turn into. So. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that story. You and I had a conversation maybe in 2018 about hormones. I don't know if you remember this. Um, yeah, did we? Because, <laughs> we did because I am one of those, as you referred to them, talkers in the chair. I'm like, I'm there for the hair and the conversation. And even when I think I'm not in the mood for a conversation, I'm still just talking away. And um, as a perimenopausal woman, hormones are like on the front of my thoughts at almost all times. And mm -hmm. so we had a conversation about hormones and and change and uh, and sex drive and sex drive. You do remember <laughs> and sex drive, right? And how yeah. hormones play such a role in all of these things that I think we take for granted in our youth: our hair, um, our hair thickness, our um, our facial hair, or not having mm -hmm. facial hair, our our voices, our moods, our libidos, like all like, and so much more. Like it's pretty wild. And so I remember having this conversation with you, and at that moment that 
you, it was like, you, you've been thinking about this for a long time because we talked also about what it would mean to take hormones. Um, so I, I, I'm really struck by what a supportive thing your mom was able to do for you by just being like, go for it. Yeah. I think to anyone in the world, if there's any change that you're thinking about that you've been thinking about for five years, that's <laughs> a change. Like, you know, <laughs> even if you don't like it afterwards, you can always go back to not doing it. You know, like nothing is really that permanent. Um, but you should definitely, yeah. Like I, I was looking at my journal from like 2016 and there's an entry in there that's talking about it. And I'm like, you one, I do, I, in some ways, I almost feel like I had, um, like if I had done it back then, there's an aspect of like, I wouldn't have gotten the experience that I did, which was needed. I needed that to grow and to like be seen by the world in that sort of androgynous zone to like really be seen for who I am, you know? And now I almost sort of feel like people, now that I've started transitioning, I'm like the least androgynous I've ever been. It's sort of weird. I feel very, you know, like the majority of people just kind of read me as female for the most part, which is kind of crazy. I'm like, that is, you know, like I didn't really, as long as I don't talk. It seems like um, doing hormone therapy and stopping drinking at the same time, those are both pretty big changes. Um, What are some of the things that you're noticing as you're going through, because this isn't, I've been saying this phrase a lot lately, but you're not a done deal. Nobody's a done deal ever until you're a done deal, you know? So um, what are some of the changes that you're noticing as you're experiencing these big changes, which you're still in the, in the middle of really? Okay. So, well, the drinking part, I didn't start until about like six weeks after the hormones, which was interesting. So there was like a period of time where I was drinking and taking hormones at the same time. Um, And I feel like I was like, also the world felt kind of crazy at that point. It was very like a lot was going on. Um, So I felt like stopping drinking was going to really help me find some like just clarity and, and see like, this is, you know, kind of base level what can happen. I also felt like at the time I was, I had gotten like a pretty big beer belly. I was drinking a lot of like white claw and IPA and just things that were uh, very carbonated and leading to like a big old beer belly. And I was also like the heaviest I'd ever been. Um, And so just when I stopped drinking big life change, like big physical changes were changes in my skin, um, a good amount of like just natural weight loss like water weight or like you know liquid weight loss um and then with the hormones i gained a lot of fat so it's been like interesting to see on my scale like them going like this you know like they (laughs) i used to have a relatively low fat percentage but like a higher body weight and now i have a like pretty low body weight for whatever i've for for what i've ever had but i kind of look really rounded compared to what I used to like my cheeks are very puffy um and like my breasts and my hips and my butt and my legs and stuff have fat in them now which they just used to always be pretty scrawny um my smell my scent changed that was really cool um where my bo I mean it still smells like bo a little bit but it's like I remember smelling the first time I smelled it and was like, who is what? Like <laughs> I was alone. I was like, who smells kind of, and I was like, Oh, that's me. That's not my smell. <laughs> so that was kind of a cool, um, 
a cool change. And then I don't know if this is, well, okay. I do know that this is because of the hormones, but also because of the drinking. Um, My sleep is like just so incredible now. Mm. Um, Like I used to, I'm kind of calling, aside from calling it the year of no alcohol, I've been calling it the year of no hangovers. And I used to kind of like fall asleep early and then just be like hungover at like 4am kind of thing, like waking up feeling yucky. Um, And so now I, I essentially have, have been able to sleep through the night and and not wake up feeling gross. And then also the progesterone that I'm taking um, gives me just like incredible sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Um, one thing that I noticed is you kept your first name. You kept the name yeah. Chandler in this. Yeah. Uh, and I would love it if you would share a little of your, but you, but you added Elizabeth. So I would love for you to share a little of your um your choices around your name and sort of claiming yeah. this uh this female part of you i so the name is so funny i love when i like with my pharmacist i'll go and they'll be like you know like looking at the husband and like are you picking up for you are you picking up for somebody else you want us to update your name in the system um and i'm like you know and i so my joke is i'll say no i changed my gender not my name um and i uh I, so, well, Chandler, the the story behind it, which I think is just really cool, is that both of my parents separately took the same book and chose their top three, and Chandler was the number one on both of them. Oh, wow. And if I had been a boy or a girl, my mom was, they were going to name me Chandler. And then Elizabeth was my grandmother's name, and she passed away very young when my mom was like, or when, when she was like 54, 55. Um, and my mom like had all, they had a very, very close relationship and she always wanted a daughter. And if if she had a daughter, Elizabeth was going to be her middle name. Um, I loved Chandler Adam so much that I was like, I don't want to get rid of it because Chandler Adam was, I loved the way it sounded. And I didn't love my last name, um, and I didn't really have a great relationship with with my father. Even you know before his passing, I had I had been planning to to have changed it. And so I think in maybe 2018, I was about to graduate beauty school, or 2017 or 18, I can't remember. And my mom was was with me, and I had been kind of trying to come up with like a non-binary option, for, and also legally figure out how to change my last name to Adam. Um, so that I could still kind of keep my Chandler Adam part. And I had been sort of taught, like, um, toying between Anna as a middle name or Elizabeth. And I told my mom that, and she was like, well, that's what we were going to name you anyway, was Chandler Elizabeth. And I was like, no fucking way. Um, and that was way before the transition. So I actually changed my name. They say the first step to changing your name is just telling people. So I, I started telling people then, like 2018, that I was Chandler Elizabeth Adam. Um, but I didn't really update it on my social medias or really like legally even. And, and, and my legal name still is like, I'm still working on that. So it's such a process. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so much in a name. And I just have always felt like Chandler. Like I've only met like four, three or four other Chandlers in my life. And two of them were women. Um, and and it's such a like an androgynous name in itself. And then if I was gonna 
like change my name i've always been attracted to like boy names with girls <laughs> like i like the name charlie i'm like okay i'm not gonna change my name to charlie that's gonna confuse people even more um, <laughs> i totally relate to that i have as my first name aiden most people think of that as a boy's name and i um i, I wouldn't want it any other way yeah I um I love the I love the opportunity to change your name and I love the opportunity to change it into something that's like the exact same but just a little bit different. It's like it's an equal amount of of kind of getting to you know keep your power or have your power you know in in saying yeah yeah no this is my name still and and um my you know my friends my lovers my family members my close the people who are close to me often will call me Shan. Um, and that's, you know, have, that's kind of always been a constant in my life as well. So that is a, a another gender neutral, you know, option. I, I'm curious, um, it, you know, in your clientele, people come to you and, and they just meet you as you, as how, as how, how I met you. Um, have you lost any clients as you've made this change? Um, not that I know of, but maybe. <laughs> um, I mean, so I guess many. maybe it's hard yeah, to gauge during a pandemic. <laughs> it's hard. To, yeah, no. Okay. So here's, the, so the one, something that's really cool that I did not realize is when I left my previous salon, I got to, I was able to send out an email to everyone that I sent that email to 650 people. Um, and that had been after like two years of being in that space. And then since going independent, I've also gotten like around about 200 new people. And so, and some of these people are going to come every four years and some of these people are going to come every four weeks. It's like, you know, they all, they all kind of rotate and I'll be surprised when I'm like, wait, have I done your hair again? And or have I done your hair before? And they're like, yeah, in like 2018, it was the best haircut <laughs> I've ever had. I haven't, you know, I haven't done one since. And we're like, oh, wow, that's a great compliment and very cool. So when you, I used to, you know, do maybe 20 to 25 people a week. And now that I'm independent, um, I really have cut back my business. I'm only working three days a week. And I, mm -hmm. uh, I typically do like four people a day instead of like six people a day. Um, and so I, I'm just, I mean, uh, I feel like if there are people who decided not to come because of it, I'm not, they haven't made it a, like, you know, known to me. Um, and then I also feel like a lot of people just don't know and like, they'll come to me like two or three times and then I'll like, you know, mention it and they'll be like, oh my God, that's what it is. I, I, you know, you didn't say anything about it and I don't follow you on Instagram and you look like you're pregnant. Like you look like you're glowing. And I'm like, yeah, no, I literally have like the hormones of a pregnant woman right now. Um, <laughs> like there's a reason it's very visible. Um, and in some ways too, you know, like, if I just wear a t-shirt and jeans and maybe don't shave for two days, I just kind of look like what I looked like before, just mm. a little chubbier. Um, but if I really like do up my, the whole deal and get the illusion of what gender is to people, people are like, they don't recognize me until I speak. And then they're like, oh shit, I didn't even know who you were. What do you think would have happened along this journey had you not gone home? Had you not had that conversation, would you still have had that conversation with your mom? Or was there something about that James Blunt song moment that really brought that conversation to a head? Mm. I don't think it was anything particular about, I don't think it was a particular song. And I don't think 
that it wouldn't have happened on the phone. I just think it would have taken a lot longer and probably I feel like at my the the more prolonged you make your like rock bottom be like the worst it can be sort of thing. And I was really like hitting a, a spot where I was pretty ready to to make changes in my life. And so I think that it was a, a lot of things. I, you know, I've, I've spent upwards of, of eight hours on the phone with my mother in a day before in the last year, multiple times, because we, it's how we connect and, and we're very close in that sense. Um, but I think having us having physical touch between us has always been a very important thing. Like my whole life, we've just been like cuddlers. And so to like be laying with like my feet sitting on her and her just being able to like comfort me as I'm crying, because for some reason, the only thing that'll comfort me when I'm crying is like (laughs) rubbing my arm, you know, kind of thing. And so like having that kind of connection allowed me to her to, you know, just be like, I'm here. And I know that something's wrong. I've known that something is, is off. She told, I remember her telling me in the conversation that um, that she had told her coworker that she was pretty sure I was going to tell her. <laughs> you know, like before, like she's like, I'm pretty sure that that she's coming home to tell to tell me this. You know, so she knew it was ha- it was it was time. Um, but I think that being in person just made it so much. You know, like it needed to be done in person. Your mom and your relationship sounds so beautiful. I think that's such an amazing thing. And um, yeah, and I again, I'm I'm grateful to you being so open and sharing with all of this because I think these stories, the the more um, straight cis people like me get to listen to the stories of becoming like the one that you are sharing, the better off we all are. That's what I think. Well, and it's sometimes like even for for straight cis people and for for queer people, sometimes hearing just consistently over and over and over again, hearing stories that, that are the opposite of people being t- thrown away or turned away or or being you know having to build their own communities and things like that, it's very disheartening and it stops people from making choices that are better for them. And so, just like getting to hear like you know, like just hearing a classic love story that doesn't end in both people dying on top of each other is like really, you know, it's good for, it's good for the soul. And so, um, it's obviously there's terrible things that just happen in life and that, that, you know, like greatness comes out of those horrible things. But like to know that, like, that my mom has known who I am since I was a child, she's been like, I've been her daughter my whole life. It just has been, she was like a mom of four boys and that was part of her identity as well. And so, like, letting us both evolve together has been, like, really, really fun. Like, getting to send my mom pictures of my cleavage and stuff like that. She's like, I never would have done this with my mother. And I'm like, yeah, but it's fun. Like, you know, like, it's a good experience. I'm grateful for that type of, like, experience. And I know that it, um, if it was portrayed on film in a movie, it would be cheesy. And I'm like, good. Who cares? It should be. It's been kind of cheesy. It's been worth it. Like, out of all the sadness comes some a little corn. And, like, that's okay. <laughs> I love it. Well, um, as we're bringing this conversation to a gentle close, um, what is it that you would love people to walk away having listened to this conversation and this story? What would you love for them to walk away with? There is very, very, very little in the light in this world and, and like in this life that we get to have control over. And that's a blessing, a good thing. Um, but the the things that you do have control over, you should really just, you know, take control of them because it's it's sparse and it's very 
um, it's kind of like the only thing you really have, whether you know it or not. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chandler. This has been wonderful. The time has flown by super quickly. I, I love talking with you. Thank you so much. I had a great time. I invited Chandler on the show as a hairdresser because I'm absolutely convinced that our haircuts and the changes in our lives are inextricably tangled. As Chandler often says, ask a curly girl about her hair and she'll tell you about her life. Ask her about her life, she'll tell you about her hair. This may not be true for everyone, but for me, I'll confess that my appearance and my identity are very closely connected. I've been told that those who get tattoos often commemorate the impactful moments in their lives with the art that they choose to put on their bodies. Similarly, when I think about the big moments in my own life, I often think about my hair. When I lived in Korea, for example, I let my boyfriend at that time cut all of my hair off. And I think there's as much deep symbolism to unpack there as when I was the front person for an all-girl glam rock band and had platinum blonde hair that I wore straight all the time and would look in the mirror and totally not recognize myself. I would look in the mirror and be like, that's not me. Now, with brown hair and a whole lot of gray peppered in, fully curly, I look in the mirror and I feel like me. And I gotta tell you, it feels good to feel like me. Chandler's story of change is also about identity, about feeling good in her skin, about embracing fully being Chandler Elizabeth Adam. But I'm also struck at what a love note this story is about the difference that having a loving and supporting mother has made for Chandler in her journey. My mom's like that too, but not everyone's mom is like that. And embracing our beautiful selves can be a real uphill climb without that kind of love. So if you are still journeying to love yourself and building your support structures as you go, we see you and we love you and we want you to keep going. Okay. So those are my thoughts. But I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts about hair, about identity, about looking in the mirror and loving what you see, and about how all these things play out, not just in life as a whole, but more specifically, like at school or at work. Help me keep the conversation going. Join us at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash change hub. Remember to tune in on July 1st. Won't be about change at all. We're going to talk about curly hair and it's just going to be silly and it's just going to be fun. That'll be happening on July 1st. Make sure to check the show notes for details. Thank you to Chandler for being so open in sharing her story today. Happy Pride. Special thanks go to my family for their love, support, and patience. To all of the amazing Changed Podcast Patreon page members who I couldn't do this without. Art of Change Skills for Life, and Patreon member producer, Dr. Rick Kirshner. And thank you for listening to The Changed Podcast. I'm Aiden Nepom, and I wish you the kind of experiences in life you're excited to tell stories about.